God will give them grace and understanding and also that uh, I'll just uh, just preach what he says and not try to interject my thoughts and opinions in the Word of God. Um, I learned a long time ago you'll get in, you'll get in enough trouble preaching the Bible, um, but you'll get in a whole lot more trouble if you preach your opinions. And um, so at least if you preach the Bible, you have something to go back to and um, fall back on. And if folks get mad about the Bible, you can just tell them to take it up with the author. Amen? And, um, but um, amazing, they always want to shoot the mailman. Until tax season. When that tax check, nobody, everybody loves the mailman. Um, but um, when it's not um, refund season, everybody hates the mailman because they bring bills. So, um, but um, that's about the way it is with a preacher. Everybody loves a preacher when they need him, but um, then when he make, makes them mad, they don't need him anymore. Anyway, that's not the case here. So, Romans chapter number 1, um, we have looked through verse number 1 down through verse number 17. So I want to pick up reading verse number 18 down through verse number 23. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth and unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being a good God and loving Savior to us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to rightly divide the word of truth, God will be careful to give you the honor and give you the glory. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In the beginning of Romans chapter 1, we have seen the grace of God. We see the grace of God and Paul's change in verse number 1, how that he was um, a very religious man and hated the church and hated the things of God. And then uh, God got a hold of him and Paul, um, Saul then got saved and then become Paul and then we see the grace of God and salvation in verse number 16 where he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so as, as Paul is writing to, the, to this, he begins with the grace of God. But then it is not long that he then changes his focus from the grace of God then to the wrath of God. That is very, very evident that we must understand this morning that just as much as God is a God of love, He is a God of wrath. You cannot have a God of love and excuse His wrathfulness. And nor can you have a wrathful God and excuse His love. I'm glad God's not all love. I'm glad that there is some wrath to God. And I'm glad that, there, that God is not all wrath. I'm glad that there is love to God. And so there is a flip side to both things. There is the grace of God and there is the wrath of God and Paul begins to deal with this idea of the wrath of God sadly in our day pulpits are silent about the of the wrath of God and very vocal about the love of God but listen how can the love of God be precious to us as it should be if there is no wrath 
I mean, Paul says this, that we are saved by Christ, that we're saved from wrath through the blood of Christ. A lot of the, a lot of the reasons, if we're not careful, is we, if, we're, if we will become to, we'll get to the place to where we, we forget about the wrath of God and, and forget about what we're saved from. And so this is Paul as he's dealing with this wrath of God. We, well, there again, we know in the Old Testament that God is very wrathful, but also it is, it is also evident in throughout the New Testament that God is a God of wrath. We even see that in John chapter number 3. We know verse number 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But then also in John 3.36, he says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So something that we, we understand as we come to Romans chapter 1 is this. Men are not born into complete, utter darkness. Men are not born into this, this idea. They're not born beginning to live vile and horrible and horrific lives that we see today. Now I understand that men are born sinners, but they are not born to do some of the things that we see that are the atrocities that we see today. And so as we see that these people, and we see Scripture gives us this, this that they're not born in, in, the, in a position of darkness. They, they begin with the capacity to believe and to worship God. Men are born, born with this. But when they reject and refuse the revelation that God has given them to believe on God and accept God, there is to no end what they're capable of. Listen, if a person rejects God, there's absolutely nothing they are not capable of doing or becoming. That is the reason why we see so many atrocities in our country. That is the reason why we can see that a, that a, that a young man can walk into a schoolroom with little kids and, and have no regard for human life. That is the reason why we, can, we see the, the horrific events of things that are going on is because when they reject God, there is nothing that they cannot do. And listen, it is by the grace of God that we're what we are. And if we, if, if we in our mind did not retain God and did not accept God and did not get born again, there would be no, nothing that you and I are not capable of doing. The reality of it is, the old, as the old saying is, never say never is true. We could sit here all of them this morning and say, we would never do this or we would never do that, but reality of it is, if it had not been for God, there's no telling what we would have done. And so we see that it, Paul is writing this and giving us to realize that this is, this is what takes place. So number one, I want you to notice the wrath of God that is revealed in verse number 18. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Now this word wrath refers to a settled, a determined indignation. It is not emotional, it's not uncontrolled as, sometimes, as the wrath of man oftentimes is. When you see a person that is, that is very angry, um, if, if they, they don't know how to control their anger, uh, everybody that is, that is around them is affected by that anger. However, that is not the case with God. When God begins to, the wrath of God begins to pour uh, pour out upon, uh, upon he only pours it out upon those uh, that are deserving there have been times that, that I have been irritated that I have been mad uh, and I have and my wife had nothing to do with it uh, but I took it out upon her 
And there's been the same time with my kids. There's been times that I've been irritated and aggravated and, 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 and uh, I took it out on my kids when they had nothing to do with it. That is human nature. However, that is not the nature of God. God never it does anything, is never wrathful against those who do not deserve it. But wrath is only, is only given to those who are worthy of this wrath. And so the wrath of God is not like man. God's wrath is not a respecter of persons. It is only given to those who deserve it. It is not like a, man, a madman. It is not a sin-tainted anger. But it is holy and it is just and it is right. God's wrath is reserved for justly, is justly directed at sin. Notice what he says about the wrath of God. It is revealed from heaven. Notice what it's against. Number one, it's against all ungodliness. This is the lack of reverence for, a devotion to, to the, the worship of the true God. But not only is it, is it uh, against ungodliness, but it's against unrighteousness. It's against sins, against man. But then also he says this, in, against uh, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The word hold means to hold down. It means to suppress. These are people that know the truth, but they have chosen to reject the truth. For, for example, this is, this is those who teach evolution. To, to, to properly teach evolution properly, they first have to know a biblical account of what we believe is creation. The reason, the, the reason they're able, that they try to teach it is to teach it well, they have to know what the creation example is to try to debunk it. And this is what this is, these people that, that the Bible says they know the truth, they, they, they hold the truth, uh, is these people, I know, this is what they say, I know what the Bible says, but. Those are the type of people that, that Paul is referring to when he says this, they hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now all of us know people that say this, I know what the Bible says, but. And usually when you hear that phrase, you can rest assured of one thing that's coming. They know more than the Bible knows. And the reality of it is this morning is there's people that they have grown up knowing the truth, knowing the Word of God, but yet they now think they know more about the Word of God than God knows about the Word of God. Now as we begin this, we must, one thing we must understand while we're dealing with the wrath of God is that, is that this sin is the only thing that God hates. It is not the person that is doing the sin that God hates, but it is the sin that that person is doing that God hates. Now we have to be, under, we have to be very careful here. God is against abortion. But God is also against blowing up abortion clinics. God is against sin, but God is also against Christians being ugly to those who are involved in sin. So we have to understand there's a line here that you and I cannot go up to a person who is involved in something that God is against and then we, we, we beat them over the head with a club or whatever the case may be. That is not what God calls us to do. So we cannot, we cannot this morning look at the wrath of God from the, uh, from the eyes and the aspect of us saying that God is against it so I can be hateful towards it. That God never calls a Christian to be hateful towards somebody who is engrossed in sin. Matter of fact, how are you going to win them out of that sin if you're hateful towards them? So we have to understand that God is not, 
It does not hate that person who is involved in the sin. God just hates the sin that person is involved, involved in. And so we understand this is, what, this is what he says in verse number 18, this wrath of God. The practice of sin inevitably always brings wrath. And sad reality of it is, is because that person is involved in that sin, the wrath of God then falls onto that person, not because of that person individually, not because of their lineage, not because of their heritage, not because of their color, not because of their creed, but simply because they're involved in sin. We see the wrath of God that is revealed, but then we see God revealed to man. Notice verse number 19, because that which may be known of God, notice these words, is manifested in them. For God hath showed it unto them. We see that once that, that, that God is making it known and making it clear that God has manifested, God has shown Himself to them. You know a person is not born an atheist. A person is trained to be an atheist. A person is not born an evolutionist. They have to be trained to become an evolutionist. Reality of it is this morning is that, that one is not, not, not born an agnostic. They have to be trained to become an agnostic. And the reason being is because God for every man, woman, boy and girl at some time or another has revealed himself in three ways to mankind. Number one, we see that God has revealed Himself to mankind by conscience and reasoning. Romans chapter number 2, verse number 15, just a few verses over, notice what it says. Which will show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. John chapter number 1, verse number 9 says this, That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. I want you to think back of raising of you that have already raised your kids and us that are raising our kids. It's amazing to me. I can. There's several times that um, that even Hannah and Waylon's at that age now of, of they will get something that they know they're not supposed to have. You know what the first thing they do when they get it? They take off running. Why? Because they know they're not supposed to have it. And we've not even told them they're not supposed to have it. Where does that come from? That is the law that is written already in their heart. Listen, kids, they may not know all the ins and outs. They might not know, be able to give us an exposition of what it means to steal. and They may not be able to know some, but you rest assured, every kid, God has already written the law in their heart. They might not know what it is. They might not be able to explain it but they're able to comprehend what is right and what is wrong in some areas, in some ways. You, you, there again, in the same way is, you, teach a, you take a kid that has done something wrong. I can remember when we first, when, when, uh, we first got Jasper, he'd done something wrong and we couldn't find him. And we finally found him. He was hiding because he knew he had done something wrong and there was a punishment that come, because, was going to come because he had done something wrong. Listen, a person is not born into lawlessness. Lawlessness. They learn it. A person is not born in, in, not, in just lawlessness and just doing whatever they want to. They learn that from society. The reality of it is, is God has 
instinctively wrote on the hearts of man. That some of that which is right between right and wrong. And there again, I understand they might know, not know everything. But in their conscience, in their heart, they could decipher some of it. God has not only revealed Himself unto, unto us by conscience and reasoning, but God has also revealed Himself by creation. Romans chapter number 2, verse number 20 says this, An instructor of the foolishness, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and the truth in the law. Psalms, 119, Psalms 19, verse number 1 and through 6 says, says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and the words to the end of the world in them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit to, uh, it, unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Listen, you can even take, you can take be, uh, many, many years ago, and you could take the Indians, for example. They didn't know everything there was to know, know about God. They didn't know Jesus. But they knew one thing, that they didn't get here by themselves. And everything that they beheld didn't just get here by itself. And I'm telling you this morning that there's no way that you can look at the world in which we live and say there's no God. There's no way that you can go out on a clear night and look at the thousands upon thousands of stars in the sky and not think somewhere in your heart that somebody, somewhere, something, somewhere made this happen. God has revealed Himself not only by our conscience, but God has revealed Himself by creation. How in the world, in the, in the world can you take something as precious as as a baby and think that just happens but you can you you watch the the uh, the progress of that baby forming in the mother's womb there's no way that just happened that's god's handiwork there's been some there's been a few times that i've been able to go to some beautiful places in the world and there's no there's no other way to explain those places other than this that it was the hand of god God has revealed Himself by conscience. God has revealed Himself by creation. But also God has revealed Himself by the Scriptures. John chapter number 5, verse number 39 says this, Search the Scriptures, for in, in, me, in them you think you have eternal life, and they are which testify of me. In essence, this morning, you know why man refuses to believe in God? In essence, a person that refuses to believe in God is simply this, because they don't want to be accountable to someone. If there is no God, then I'm not accountable to anybody. If there is no God, I can do as I please. I can go where I want to go. I can live the way I live. And I don't have to give an account to anybody if there is no God. The reality of it this morning is when a person denies that there is a God, they deny they sin against their conscience, they deny against creation, they deny against Scripture, and the reality is they don't want to believe in God because they don't want to be accountable to any law or to anything. They'll say, I'll be my own God. So we see not only the wrath of God, but we also see that how God has revealed Himself. 
reality of it is this morning is a person that does not believe in God. They're absolutely without excuse. They will not be able to say on judgment day, well, God so and so convinced me that there was no God. They will not be able to say that some false teacher, some prophet is responsible for them for not believing in God. Reality of it is God has showed himself to them personally and they personally have it chosen to reject God. I understand that false teachers can help aid, but on that day there will not be, uh, the false teachers will not be accountable for a person's own soul. That own person will be accountable. They could have took the scriptures and seen and looked and saw if that one person was telling the truth. There have been countless men and women throughout, throughout the years that have heard the lie of evolution or have heard the lie of agnosticism, have heard the lie of there is no God, and they have took the scriptures to t- try to defend that. But when they got in the scriptures, they begin to realize that there really is a God. There really is someone who created me. And not only is there really a God, and not only did He really create me, but He also really loves me. Many men and women have been won to Christ because they took the Bible to try to debunk the Bible, but the Bible wound up debunking them. And I'm telling you, one of the, one, one of the dangers of our day is, is, is people had rather believe what a man said than what God says. I went to man with a Bible college, in Bible college. He was an elderly man, and he got saved later on in life. God called him to preach, and I was talking to him one day, and I said, I said, I said, what about your testimony? He said, well, Brother Charlie, he said, I was a drunk. He said, I was the meanest man you ever met in your life. He said, I, I was a drunk. I, I was going my own way. He said, he said I, had, I had done everything I could do. The wicked, he said, my wife... She began to go to church. She got saved, and she had come home preaching to me. And he said, he's a very intellectual man. He said, so I told my wife to get me a Bible. He said, and I, I, I set out to find every contradiction in the Word of God, in the Bible. And so every time she come home preaching to me, I was going to show her where she was wrong. I said, how'd that work for you? He said, instead of me showing her where she was wrong, God showed me where I was wrong. He said, I started out to to try to tear the Bible to pieces. He said, about about three weeks in, it already tore me to pieces. It's amazing what this book will do if you'll just get in it. So we see the wrath of God revealed. We see that God has revealed Himself to man. In that of verse number 19. Verse number 20, For the invisible things of Him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. Notice this, so there again, so that they are without excuse. We see that of the wrath of God revealed. God has revealed Himself to man. Listen, God would not be a just God if all He did was is to pour wrath upon people. But because He's a just God, He reveals Himself to people. So in that, they can escape the wrath. But if they choose to reject when God has revealed Himself to them, there's nothing else but wrath to come. But then also we see this. We see man's rejection of God. Notice how man begins to reject God. 
And by the way, I don't care. I don't, you, you, you take this, and every person that begins to walk down the path of rejection towards God, this is the path that they go. This, you've heard it said many times that the Bible is more up to date than the day's newspaper. Matter of fact, it's more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper. And as you begin to look at a person that has rejected God in their knowledge and in their heart, this is the path in which they begin to walk. Notice what he says. He says, because when they knew him not, when, because that when they knew God, notice this, they glorified him not as God. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say a person when they begin to reject God, they become as God. A person, when they begin to reject God, they have to replace it with something. And they always replace it with themselves. You mark her down. Selfishness is the route that will take you to rejecting God. You take a person that is wrapped up in themselves if they're not careful. They will begin to walk down the path and might wind up the end thereof is rejecting God. Selfishness is a big thing that you and I have to be careful of. They knew God, but they glorified Him not as God. So because they're not glorifying Him as God, they have to glorify someone else as God. They glorify their self as God. They know best. They know what's right. They know what the Scripture says. Quote, unquote. The goal is self-glorification. They have no gratitude towards Him. Notice, not only do they not glorify Him as God, notice what the Scripture says, neither were they thankful. They have no thankfulness about them. Man, I, I, could, I, I was raised to say thank you. I was I was raised I was raised to put a handle on folks' names. Let me just tell you a pet peeve of mine. You'll find it out right quick. Is when folks don't put a handle on somebody's name. You, you I, I'll jerk my youngins up in a heartbeat if I if I see if I hear them don't put a handle on somebody's name. I don't care if they're old. I don't care how much much old, older or younger that whatever. That's just the way I was raised. But we're living in a day where people aren't thankful for anything. Man, you can't even hold a door open for most people. You hold a door. I hope held a door open for a woman one time to walk in the door. She said, I ain't going in first. I said, why? She said, you don't think I'm strong enough to hold this door? I said, you ain't going to be strong enough to stop it when I slam, it up, slam you in it if you don't watch your attitude. I mean, I ain't never. She said, I'm a woman. I said, I know. She said, I can do my own thing. I said, well, glory to God, do it, but you ain't walking in this door without me holding it for you. She doesn't make me mad. Now, listen, 
That's where two hard heads met right there, I promise you. <laughs> Reality, but nobody's thankful of anything anymore. I don't know about your kids, but my kids every now and then have this tendency to entitlement. I'll tell them, I'll tell them right quick, you ain't entitled to nothing. I remember when our kids had to learn right quick. Are we, are we online? I don't see the little thing up. Okay, we are? Oh, well. Oh, well. Too late now. But in foster care, they'll tell you, KK, about this, when we went through training, they'll say, now you need to make two or three different choices every night for your kid because sometimes you get picky kids. I'm going to tell you something. McNeil House. They'll either eat what's in front of them or they don't eat. And if they don't like it and they want to eat, they better smile and say thank you while they're eating it. But I, 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 am, I am one of these that I'm not for abusing kids, but I ain't for spoiling them either. Look at me. I turned out pretty good. I ate what I had to eat. Down in Mississippi, you learn to like things you don't like. Because if you don't eat it, it means you don't eat. And I'm big. Big folks get hungry. But this is, this is the direction they go. They begin to glorify themselves more. Than, listen, we, have, we, are, we are living in such a self-gratification. I, I mean, it amazes me. Look on Facebook. Everybody's got to have a selfie. I mean, God posts 500 selfies a day. And most of them is with them old poochie lips. I'm telling you, some of these, some of these women are going to wind up going missing one day and we ain't going to be able to ID them because of all the filters they got on them. They're going to die and, and the, the mortician going to have to pooch their lips together so they recognize them in the casket. They worship self more than they worship God. Hey, you know what? You also know what the, you sound. You hear something like this. Well, Sunday is the only day that I have off. You know what that is? That's self-worship. That is the first step in denying God. But then neither were they thankful. I work for this. This is my life. It's amazing how quick God will remind you that it's not your breath at all. I believe probably that's the one thing COVID taught a lot of people is that breath does not come from humans, but it comes from God. And how frail and quickly it can be taken away in a moment's notice. I gotta hurry. They glorified him not as God. They began to, neither were they thankful, but notice this, but they became vain. That word vain means empty. Their imagination became vain and their imaginations is empty, it's worthless. One writer made this statement, he said, an empty soul in a mind is like a vacuum. 
It will not remain empty long, but will draw the, in falsehood and darkness to replace the light that it has rejected. Their Im imaginations become vain. Boy, we see a bunch of that in our day. Notice this. Their foolish heart was darkened. By the way, once you reject light, the only thing that it can take in is darkness. You cannot reject light and expect to live in the light. It is the same way you can turn your light switch off at the house and you cannot expect the lights to stay on. Once you turn the light off, the only thing that, it can, that is there is darkness. The same way in the, a person's heart and a person's mind. But notice this, their foolish heart was darkened. Their imaginations were vain. Verse number 22, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. I've never seen so many smart fools. We, listen, some people, there's a lot of people who are educated above their intelligence. I like what Dr. Kenny Baldwin says. He says, we're living in a smartphone world in, a dumb, in dumb people's hands. I mean, we, we've got people who think they're absolute geniuses, but, in, but, it, but if they could just see themselves the way God sees them. I know I'm being some humorous this morning because it is such a heavy subject. The reality of it is, is this, is this is where we're living. They think they're so smart, but in God's eyes, they have, they're nothing more than fools. Proverbs 14, verse number 1 says, The fool have said in his heart that there is no God. But notice verse number 23. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Buddha. Muhammad, Confucius, let's just say it where it is, political leaders. I, I, I voted for him and I will vote for him again if he runs again, but Donald Trump is not God. There's a lot of Christians that need to understand that they're worshiping him when they are God. They have made change God into an image of corruptible man, to birds, to four-footed beast. And this last one amazes me. And creeping things. Bugs. They worship bugs. Snakes. God help whoever thinks to come up the idea to worship a snake. I mean, who would ever thought? I mean, I, 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 I worked for hospice for a couple of years and we, we had, a, had a Buddhist lady come on our care and I, I chaplain had to go at least one time and, and I, I was getting ready to go and the social worker called me. She said, listen, she said, Charlie, she said, they're Buddhist. Buddhists believe in reincarnation. I said, yeah, I know. She said, well, I'm telling you this for this. She said, that house has roaches in it. She said, whatever you do, if you see a roach, do not step on it. Because that could be some of their family members. I asked her, I said, Miss Gloria, how wicked does a person have to be to come back as a roach? A roach! But when a person rejects God, there is no end.
for what they will accept. To us, this seems foolish. To us, it's comical. But that is the danger of rejecting God. They become as foolish. You say, oh, you ought not call them. I'm just telling you what God said. That's what God calls them. The reality of it is this morning is you and I are living in Romans chapter 1 day. But I do have good news. I understand there is a line that God draws somewhere that they will, they will cross over and God will say, I am done. I know not where that line is drawn. I don't believe you will know which where, where that line is drawn. So I cling to verse number 16. That of, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm glad even the people that at one time have rejected God, if they repent, there's still power enough for them to be born again. The wrath of God is real. Sadly, many pulpits are silent about the wrath of God. But it's still in the Word of God. And as much as the wrath of God is coming, there is a way to escape the wrath of God. Romans chapter number 5, verse number 9, much more then, being now justified by His blood, watch this now, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning we're, we're surrounded by a lot of people that they have rejected the light in which God has shown them they're going down a dark path. But I'm glad there's a bright light for a dark path. If they'll accept it in the name of Jesus. This morning, I, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are spiritually. But I do know this, that even among church people, you know, a lot of times we take for granted that church people are Always saved people. The reality of it is this morning is not all church people are saved people. And I don't know, I don't know where you may be spiritually. Maybe you're a member of the church and you've been baptized and you've you're living a life that we would see as one that has accepted God. But maybe in your heart and in your mind, you're teeter-tottering on the decision of. Is God real? Listen, the only reason you're questioning that is because you've heard somebody ask that. That's why it's very, very care, ought to be very careful of who we listen to and who we let have our attention. Was the song we teach our kids, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little ears what you hear. 
But this morning, if you have begun to walk down the path of maybe rejecting the light in which God has already revealed to you by your conscience, by creation, even that of Scripture. And you say, I don't want, I don't want to experience the wrath of God. I was listening to a man, man preach this week and he said he was knocking on the door knocking on the door and a young lady come to the door and he had, he had introduced himself, said, I'm from, from so-and-so Baptist church. I'm just here inviting people uh, to church and, I, and conversated with her for a little bit and shared the gospel with her. And he, he said, ma'am, do you know Christ? And she said, no. He said, would you like to know Christ? And she said, no. He said, may I ask why? She said, because I know if I accept Christ, He's going to change me. And I'm not willing to let go of the life that I now have. That pastor said she closed the door. And it rang in his heart, how many people will die and go to hell because they're not willing to let go of the life that they now have. What a sad reality to change, to trade maybe 70 or 80 years for eternity. What a sad change. I'm not a banker, but that ain't, that ain't good trade. To think that 70 or 80 years will be worth spending an eternity under the wrath of God. Friend, you, I'm glad to report you don't have to fall into the wrath of God. Christ has suffered the wrath of God for us if we'll just simply believe. Song leader musicians come. There again, I, I know we're going to get, sadly get into, not sadly, it's the word of God, it just is what it is. We're going to get into more strong stuff, Lord's willing, next week. But it ought to stir in our heart. It ought to give us an urgency more than ever. For us to be fervent in our prayer life for those that we know that sadly are on the brink of rejecting God. Now I do, I do, I do say this, I don't mean it arrogant, I don't mean it cocky. But there's people that will say, Well, I just don't, I just don't believe. I just, I just don't, don't believe that God would do that. No matter what you believe, nor does it matter what I believe. It matters what he said. Friend, the only way to escape wrath is through Jesus, God's Son. This morning, if you don't know him, I'd run to him. He loves you. He died to save you. Thank God one of these days He's coming to get those that He saved.
don't tarry because tomorrow may be too late. Wherein is your life and is but a vapor that appeared for a little time and vanisheth away. For us that are saved, it ought to put an urgency in our hearts to pray for those that we see walking down the path that leads to denying God. Selfishness. Unthankfulness. Then ultimately ends in worshiping other things than God. Then sadly ends in other things later on in the chapter. But I say there's hope. There's hope. And that hope is found in Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed as we stand to our feet. And Brother Mark comes and leads us in a song. Anything on your heart, you come.